Inside Olympic House. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. Today, a visit to the new headquarters of the IOC in Lausanne, four months after its opening, after five years of construction. The extraordinary building, ultra-modern, with a host of sustainability features, houses the IOC staff under one roof for the first time in many years. Joining us to talk about the new headquarters is Marie Salois, director of the Olympic House Project for the IOC, one of her duties as director of corporate development, brand, and sustainability at the IOC. She says it was seven years ago when she first got the assignment from IOC Director General Christophe de Kepper to launch the project to construct a new workplace for the IOC. From the very beginning, actually it all started with Christophe de Kepper, a Director General, coming to my office and telling me, Marie, we would need to, um, to launch an international architecture competition because uh, we are now ready to bring all our staff under one roof. And this is really a transformation project. For me, Olympic House is more than a construction project. It's really an opportunity to change the way we work. And this is why it actually came to me, who was not an expert in architecture, nor in real estate, nor in construction, but because I was head of corporate development, he saw that uh, it was the right person to lead the project. And it really has been a, a, a major undertaking. Um, I don't think there are many buildings quite like this in the world today. You're right. Actually, uh, I didn't realize that until recently, but uh, the fact that a lot of uh, visitors comment on it make me realize that indeed uh, we have been quite innovative. Uh, in many ways, in terms of the workplace itself, so on the functional side, in terms of even of symbolism, because we have been able to find the right balance between being symbolic and not being ostentatious. And we are very innovative in terms of sustainability as we reach the highest and most advanced certification in the world. You've been open, the building has been open now since, since June. You've had a few months of experience in there for the staff to be working, to have events. Uh, has it matched your expectations as to what it would be like for a, for a work environment? Actually, um, the team, the 500 staff uh, who are coming from four different locations, moved to Olympic House end of May already, although we officially uh, opened the building only at the end of June. And not only it met our expectations, but I think it exceeded our expectations. And the reason why is actually because all the staff has been involved in the process throughout the whole project life cycle. We have been working very closely with 50 staff ambassadors from all departments, all nationalities, all levels of functions, and they have been part of all the decision-making at every stage. And beyond that, we have been informing staff about at all staff meetings, they have been visiting the construction site, you know, at different stage of construction. So when we actually uh, came in the building, it was kind of intuitive for everyone how it worked. And what was really very uh, amazing for me is within hours, like one or two hours, everybody was spread throughout the building and using the various spaces. And that was for me really the proof that we had succeeded. And it is... Uh... Uh, I would say not a traditional setup, layout for, a, for an office building. Um, there are not cubicles. There's not office spaces. 
it's 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 not a what I would call a, a linear office like the kind that I'm sitting in right now at around the Rings headquarters in Atlanta. It's a very very open space. Um, how has that been uh, affecting the work? How has that been uh, uh, embraced by the IOC staff to work in this kind of an environment? You're right. Uh, it's not a, a usual space. And the reason for that, the primary reason is because it's a very qualitative space. We have put a lot of attention to uh, the hair quality, the light, um, you know, and, and the views. And this really creates a very qualitative environment. Beyond that, we have indeed changed the way we work. And for, to do that, we have provided a huge variety and diversity of uh, setups. So you have more open spaces and desks, uh, open offices, but you also have closed offices and different types of meeting rooms. The way it works is everybody has a desk, okay, either assigned or mob mobile, so they can change. But everybody has to abide by the clean desk policy at the end of the day. And this is the major change that we have introduced. We have been working to prepare for this change with uh, the entire organization, and we have put in place you know, a mechanism by which we would enforce it. And actually, from day one, it has been working. And what is a clean desk policy? I'm looking at my desk, and I would hate to think what would happen to me under such a rule. So uh, what will happen to you? You will be asked to actually store your files, you know, in the common storage that will be next to your desk. And for your personal belongings, you will have a personal locker, uh, that you can customize with uh, pictures of your family or friends or uh, favorite sport. And in case you forget your stuff on your desk, then someone from security um, will take it and put it uh, in a um, secured space and you would be able to recover it the next day. But when you do that three times, you understand that uh, it's better if you uh, put your stuff in the storage or in your locker. Has that been a difficult habit for people to, uh, to uh, change? Again, you know, as you mentioned earlier, it has been a seven years journey. So we, have, it, we did, started, you know, seven years ago, actually, involving our staff. The staff has been involved, you know, in the brief that we gave to the architect during the international competition. So they had time to adapt. We had time to pilot, you know, to make experiments, especially in a temporary location. So we thought things that worked, things that didn't work. We also went to uh, over 50 different uh, organizations in Switzerland, in Europe, elsewhere, to see, you know, trends and benchmark ourselves. So I think we had really time to digest, you know, change. Our guest on this edition of Around the Rings Radio is Maurice Salois, director of the Olympic House Project for the IOC. Among the features of the new building is an absence of a traditional air conditioning system that draws heavily on electricity. Instead, water from Lake Geneva is used to keep the building cool, even in the midst of one of the hottest summers to hit Europe in many years. Thank you indeed to remind that uh, we do not have air conditioning and uh, we have a ventilation um, system and a cooling system that is based on a lake pumping station. So we take, uh, you know, water from the lake one kilometer away from the shore, 60 meters deep, around five degrees, and this water circulates indeed in a sailing to cool the building. 
this system enables us to actually reduce by 35% the uh, energy consumption of a building compared to a similar um, building, you know, which will be built today. So this is quite important for us, and actually it proved very efficient during the um, very um, warm times that we had this summer. Uh, we actually had sometimes even, I mean, it was even too cold at some point, so we, it, we know it works. We need just to adjust it maybe a little bit more um, in the next uh, few weeks. Now, we're coming into the uh, colder part of the year. Um, how does the building stay warm when it's uh, a bit frosty? It's the same system. It's the same system, except you extract one degree from the lake water, and you inject this degree into the uh, water system in the sailing. It's kind of strange, but you take cold water and you make it uh, eating uh, the building. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this building is very iconic. It is one of the most striking new pieces of architecture we've seen around the world. Um, is it an attraction for visitors who come to Lausanne? Uh, over the years, for my visits to the previous headquarters building um, to cover IOC events, we'd always see people coming by to poke their nose in the door of the previous headquarters. And I'm sure it's uh, much more interesting with with this particular building, given its size and uh, dimensions and, and all its features. Um, do people come by to see it? Who want to come in and take a tour? So we have uh, yes, different uh, groups of people who are interested by this building. First and foremost and uh, is the Olympic movement. And we're extremely happy uh, to welcome the Olympic movement in a building that is both iconic and to a certain extent simple. Some people said, you know, I'm surprised that it's so functional. So it really displays Olympism. You feel Olympism from the Agora, the main entrance, but it remains relatively simple. Um, and it's interesting that actually, as we speak, you know, we are um, welcoming the first official meeting of the executive board, um, and uh, everybody is very happy in the building. Now, we also welcome other groups. Um, you know, I mean, obviously people from Lausanne, and they all are extremely happy to have such a building. And it was clear when we opened the doors to the general public mid-September, uh, we had 2,000 people visiting, half of them benefiting from a visit, including uh, you know, being able to meet with the president in his office. And they all really appreciated the openness and transparency of the IOC and of this building. And uh, yes, you could feel a sense of local pride and uh, also, um, you know, what really um, was for me uh, very touching is that we opened the park in which the building is located officially to the public the day before we opened the building, you know, uh, itself. And I still remember a remark from, you know, someone from the general public who came to me and said, but for how long has this building been in the park? And for me, it was a sign that we really worked well with the local authorities on the integration of the building in the park. And this was very important for us from the very early stage of the project, that we will work very closely with the local authorities to embed this building, not just in the landscape, in the you know, uh, park, but also uh, be um, sensitive to the fact that it was attached to the historical building of the chateau. And also um, we worked on the relationship with uh, neighbors. So for me, yeah, we can see and that we have been successful 
at being part of the local community. Have you discovered anything that needs to be changed or modified now that you've moved in? No, but uh, the building... But the building has been actually uh, built in a way that it can adapt uh, and uh, to evolving practices. Uh, flexibility has been one of the key criteria from the beginning, and we have made sure that we have very limited structural elements and we have uh, a very responsive building. So in case we find out that we need to adapt, we have many ways in which we can actually adapt, change the location of the meeting rooms, or uh, move things around. And for you... Uh who monitors, who watches over the IOC brand, what does it mean to have a building uh, like this, a headquarters like this for the IOC? Uh, first, it's uh, the um, ID card of the IOC. You know, it's, it's impossible. Uh, I mean, when you have such a building and your brand is recognized by 90% of the worldwide population, it's uh, by definition super symbolic. Um, so if you had the chance to come, you know, on the main, uh, on, the bay, on the ground floor of the building, you can see immediately that you are at the IOC. You can meet with a founder, Pierre de Coubertin, and you have a full Olympic experience that tells you about the Olympic Games, you know, across the century, but also very important for us about the Olympic movement at large and explain to the visitors, you know, who we, uh, who we are, what we stand for, and the fact that we are active everywhere in the world, 365 days a year. Because most of people know the games, but they might not know how we function as a movement. And this is uh, a building that is um, um, built upon the whole notion of sustainability. And that seems to be an issue that is driving all aspects of the Olympic Games, the way the games are organized, the way they're, they're selected. Um, other aspects of the Olympic movement are increasingly viewed through the lens of, of sustainability. Um, how does that, does it make it easier to do your work or does it make it more complicated to make decisions and know what the right thing to do is? Sustainability was at the very early stage of the project, but indeed when we launched uh, Olympic Agenda 2020 in 2015, it was very important for us not just to integrate sustainability, but to make sure that Olympic House will be a showcase of sustainability and that we'll be becoming a role model and we will inspire the Olympic movement at large. And this is why, you know, we set the bar very high by combining local as well as global sustainability certifications. And we are very proud that by doing that, we have embedded sustainability in all aspects of the building. And, um, and now we have set an example. So are much more credible when we, uh, you know, address uh, the organizing committees or we work with federations or national Olympic committees. Uh, you know, finally, this is being recorded when the IOC executive board is having its first full meeting in this in the new new headquarters. Um, what 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 does what does that mean? You know, how has that been uh, good for staff communications organizing this meeting to be all in, under one roof? I mean, a very concrete example, you know, yesterday I was having lunch at the Forum, which is both a restaurant but also an informal meeting place, and I was meeting executive board members who were actually sitting next to me in the main restaurant with the staff, and for ages we had not seen that. And all of them were extremely happy, actually, 
about this very democratic way of sharing their lunch with the entire staff. Interesting. Marie Salois, thank you very much for talking with us today about this really fantastic building on the shore of the lake in Lausanne. It's uh, quite a scene. It has been a pleasure. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Marie Salois has been our guest on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. She's director of the Olympic House Project for the IOC and director of corporate development, brand, and sustainability at the IOC. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. Your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com.